Hello and welcome to another episode of Pakistanomy. My name is Uzair Yunus and it's been a while since I've had an entrepreneur on the podcast to talk about what's going on in the startup ecosystem in the country. Um, and so I'm really excited about this discussion uh, focused on the edtech space. And I have the honor of hosting today Eamon Bashir. She's co-founder and CEO at Outclass. Um, she has an MBA from LUMS, worked at World Bank, Nestle, Coca-Cola, but then in 2020 decided to be an entrepreneur and started Outclass, which is a world-class edtech platform. Their instructors come from one of the world's best institutions, and they all want to be change makers in the sense that they want to improve access to education in the country. And if you're familiar with Pakistan's demographics, then you know that the youth is a major dividend opportunity for the country but there are significant challenges that the youth faces in terms of access to world-class education. So I'm glad that Outclass is sort of pushing that fo agenda forward and I'm excited about hosting Eamon today. So Eamon, first of all, thanks for taking out the time and welcome to Pakistanomy. Thank you, thank you for having me. I've been excited to do this uh, and, and, and let's get started. Yeah, so let, let's jump in. I, I want to start with getting a sense about your own sort of journey, right? I mean. There is, and I've spoken to a few entrepreneurs and noticed this trend in Pakistan that the old sort of, you know, goal that people had from my generation and your generation, or Standard Chartered or Coca-Cola, right? You were part of that crew, but there's been a shift in the sense that you want to be entrepreneurs and sort of do something for, for your own self and for the country. So tell us a bit about your own journey and how and why and what led you to, you know, starting out class and, and the mission behind these, the startup itself. Yeah, no, great question. Um, this is, uh, I'll answer it in three ways. Uh, the first is it has to do with entrepreneurship, has to do with, uh, I think there's this innate, DNA it has to be, um, it, it should come from within and people who have it know it because there symptoms um, which are you, you feel very, very boxed in in regular jobs. You want to do more. Um, no job is good enough. So you, you know, you, you just have this innate feeling that I, I should be doing more. I should have some, I should be my own boss. And I always had that, uh, but it took me a decade to, to realize it. Uh, so that was the first one, like inner drive. See? Um, the second one was the feeling of... Uh, this weight of privilege on me. And um, I, I'm very, very cognizant, very aware of the fact that um, I'm perhaps one of the few 0.01% of women um, in our country who, you know, who are fortunate enough to go to the best universities and have, uh, have a supporting uh, financially sound family and really not really that much to lose. Um, so I, I, I talked to my twin brother, by the way, Usman, who's also um, a co-founder in, in Outclass, and I discussed that, listen, it'll be a shame if I end up doing what everyone else is doing when I could be doing a lot more, and I really want to, you know, do justice to the privilege that has been granted um, by a stroke of luck, so that was the second, and the third, I think, is the, the main reason is um, my, my third co-founder, um, Ali Numani, he's also a really good friend, uh, taught me this concept of, Japanese concept of Ikigai, um, which is basically the right, um, you know, balance between profession, passion, and uh, there was a third one, uh, vocation. Uh, but basically, your mission, passion, profession has to be aligned um, for you in order for you to have a meaningful, happy life. Um, so for me, entrepreneurship became that profession. Uh, education became my passion and my mission. And 
uh, that is actually how outclass came into being i i decided that you know let's just pursue something that i would love to work for a a, a cause a purpose and then in the process become successful and and then that's the innate entrepreneurial uh, dna speaking so i sorry that was a really long answer but i hope i made sense so that that that's a great segue into you know my next question which is going to be how did you then align that entrepreneurial hunger with education and and what is the market opportunity or the market problem that outclass is trying to solve for so help me understand a bit about a outclass what it does what's the sort of initial goal and mission of the organization and then secondly because this is a huge market and it's a fast digitizing market it's a young market um just today i was for example looking at an ad by byju's which is one of the most highly valued companies across the border in india it's an edtech yeah. platform right and they're acquiring they've received a lot of funding they in fact sponsored the indian cricket team now which is yeah. amazing for a startup and an edtech startup to do i um, it excites me that that's what's happening um so just help us understand about the opportunity and and where outclass is and what it's trying to do um the opportunity is in terms of economic value or economic or or business opportunity it's 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 there yes but more than that the opportunity lies in the impact um pakistan has one third children out of school uh, we have we're short of 700000 teachers uh, this is a problem brick and mortar simply cannot solve so hum uski ek phase mein lage rahenge where we are you know we're struggling to build more enough schools and then we have to <clears throat> excuse me um fill the fill them up with good teachers and then in the process our uh, population bhi badh raha hai so there's a there's a gap that simply can't be filled uh so that economic need is also attached to the you know uh, societal and the country's need but even in terms of business ji the it's very simple look byju's is one example and by i i really don't usually i i stay away from quoting byju's because i think that's also an anomaly but wo ek उसको देख के नहीं करना चाहिए बट इवन अराउंड अस फॉर एग्जांपल इन इंडोनेशिया फाइव सिक्स इयर्स अगो दे वर फॉलोइंग द सेम ट्रेंड एवरीबडी ऑल द इन्वेस्टर्स वर इन्वेस्टिंग इन यही आपकी क्विक कॉमर्स इन इन फिन टेक इन इन हेल्थ टेक नो बडी वॉज रियली लुकिंग एट एट टेक एंड देन दिस वन कंपनी पॉप्ड अप टू को फाउंडर्स वेरी सिमिलर स्टोरी टू अस um they started their edtech thing they started as a marketplace a tutor marketplace this is 7 6 7 years ago i think and evolved into this huge they're a unicorn now uh, but indonesia i think is relying on and they're called ruan guru uh, that's just one example china has its own examples but india maybe there are so many other companies who are now like they're giving a tough time to these brick and mortar test prep academies Uh, and that that's where you know we come in also we started with this niche segment i call it niche because it's really it's not the heart of the problem but it's a big economical problem um that a lot of our parents and students this they spend uh too much money on tuitions and on test prep uh, because it it's that it's that part of edtech which is which brings the results which you know aapka hamare subcontinent mein there is this thing that we need to get grades we need to uh secure good jobs it's a cycle and it it's the ladder that everyone has to go through and hamare bachpan se bhi aap i don't know if you if how familiar you are there have been these physical tuition academies since the last 30 40 years 
I remember. Well, I, I fully remember. Sorry to interrupt. Like yeah. going after school to accounting and yes. physics and biology, yes. and it would be hard to get into some of these the best tuitions yes. because yes. it was yes. expensive. Yes. But they would get booked out. They would get booked out because like, what celebrity status? Be a kuch kar is brand name. Get chai X Y Z. I won't take names, but you know, you know who I'm referring to. Some some teachers have that pull, um, and you know, students just say, "Chai, yahan koi magic recipe milegi." Uh, which will just absorb and suddenly will get A's. Uh, because of that, there's been we we shy away from this word using mafia, but there is a tuition mafia in Pakistan, uh, and it's not just for O levels, A levels. It's everywhere it's across grades, um, ninth grade nine to upper. So that's where it's the highest grade. I don't know. Is, is, again, again, sorry to interrupt, but I don't know if you saw if you saw this trend in Lahore and other parts. I saw this in Karachi, for example, when I was in high school. That some of the teachers that would teach in school, um, their standard of teaching would be far lower than what they would yes. teach at, at yes. the tuition academy, right? They would they would be phenomenally different the experience of sitting in yes. the classroom. Yes, no, you've 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 hit the uh, hit it on the head. Well, basically, it's because the funnel is the classroom, so they actually um, you know recruit students from actual classrooms. They don't. Usually, teachers don't teach that well, and then when students don't understand, they say, "Bad, me academy me ana and parlena." So it's really, you know, they're they're part of the problem, and and then khudi usko wo kind of exploitation bhi hai. Parents bhi kehte hain, "Ham kya kare ab? Khud toh humse padhaya nahi jara O level, A level, and SSC, and you know, MD CAT, and all of these these courses." So that's that's a big problem, ji. And that's what we started with. Uh, we kind of went like with the Tesla strategy. Kya pehle roadster? to figure out kare um you know uh, first first see if this is monetizable if it's scalable if it actually works if there's an appetite and then you know make a product for the masses um kind of like a robin hood model that you know you i personally don't want outclass to be um an edtech that's relying on grants alone i really want it to be fundamentally a business uh, it should make financial sense um and and in the process not be exploitative and also do good for the country like uh my our dream is gk one day we have enough content a uh, quality content that we can just give it to schools in in quetta or in the, in in peshawar or in gilgit or in 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 far flung areas where you wouldn't have access to the top teachers or you wouldn't have schools uh, eventually they can the infrastructure and technology pahunch jayegi um Pakistan में internet आ जाएगा but at that time we want to be there ready that okay guys you don't have to pay for this you know partner with public schools offer this content you just need instead of getting the best teachers in every school and then or not even the best getting teachers is is, a, is going to be a nightmare if you talk about scalability उससे ज़्यादा आसान ये नहीं है कि आप एक arrangement कर लें government के साथ schools के साथ where you can just give your content you just need a coordinator in the room uh, you have a projector you have interactive engaging content that students can listen to learn from and then of course it's it's not an alternative for schools but it is a really good um, asset to have in terms of you know quality education ki aap deprive na ho ek bachcha jo सिब्बी में बैठा है या कहीं बलोचिस्तान में कहीं बैठा है उसको क्यों एक्सेस ना हो पाकिस्तान के केजीएस के टीचर्स का एच एस एन के टीचर्स का आई वी लीग टीचर्स का यू नो दे शुड एटलीस्ट हैबल दैट वॉट आर मिशन इज दैट इवेंचुअली वी वॉन्ट टू बी दैट रिसोर्स वेर एवरी वन कैन से अच्छा ठीक है इट्स ओके इफ माई स्टूडेंट इफ माई किड कान गो टू यू नो 
I don't have to travel to XYZ city to get them an education. I can sit here, I just need to give him a laptop and, a, and an internet connection and they're good. They can then survive on their own and get the same education. So, so that's our broader plan and we're on our way. And we recently we've been in talks with a school in Quetta and uh, let's see how that goes. Um, we're trying to lock a partnership with them where we give them, they want to introduce um, O-levels uh, and, and really want to help them do that. So let's see, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes, but we're very excited, it's already started. No, that's awesome. And I agree. I, I like your approach in the sense that, you know, given the OA level gap that's there and, and you know, that that's monetizable very early on as well. So the success there can translate into other things that perhaps may not at the onset seem as monetizable, but over time will become. And I love the fact that you're in talks with the school in Quetta. Um, the one thing that I sort of noticed and through my own career, for example, right, I used to be in strategy consulting and, you know, was working with a lot of data for a client um, on Excel. And I was like, yeah, but a boring there must be a different way to do this. Right. And I went on Coursera and found a class on Python. It was a University of Michigan class. I just sat there in the evenings and watched the videos, did my own coding. And in a couple of weeks, I knew enough Python to like sort of replace or automate my own job. Right. And yep. the reason why I mentioned that is because a, it's a great equalizer in the sense that you can learn new skills, but be in a country like Pakistan, where we talk about the youth dividend, freelancing jobs, technology jobs. We've just recently, I wrote a paper on web three opportunity in Pakistan and all about talent, right? We need to skill that talent. And so how are you thinking about some of the technical sort of talent opportunities that are there that says, okay, you know, you may have come out of O levels, A levels, but especially for women, right? Or young girls coming from rural backgrounds, yep. they may not, they may have cultural barriers. And yes, we need to get rid of those barriers, but they may have a cell phone that says, you know what, you can learn coding um, yeah. and you start participating on Fiverr or Upstart or whatever and make yeah. really good money. And that's exports for the country also. So it's a win, win, yeah. win for everybody. How are you thinking about yeah. some of those trainings? business roadmap this is exactly what we're thinking the lines we're thinking on um we're actually part of uh, you know like progressive uh, learning where yes coding is just one part it's very important yes we're already in works we're, we're going to be partnering with um with edtech there are some really good edtechs already doing it uh, so the plan very much is to somehow do it together um, i really believe in the partner partnership uh, synergies we like to magic formula so we're looking for that but yes definitely on our roadmap but more than that we're also really looking forward to polishing pakistan's professional sector uh, there are a lot of because i've been through it so i know that a coffee coffee gap between um basic things like presentation so a lot of the people in pakistan and you and you think yaar ye to har jagah youtube pe bhi hoti hain wo 10 tips to nail an interview or how to present to your boss but you'd be surprised to know nobody really knows um how to how to present a basic presentation or how to maneuver through powerpoint or bilkul basic um so we're really looking forward to it this is just one example but you know negotiation skills okay it's very different negotiate negotiating with a state for example than with um and an, a middle tier manager um uh, versus a contractor but so there are layers to negotiation there are layers to how you present basic you know but people don't know that um how do you make a a, a good pitch 
um, over the last one year, we've been lucky enough to be coached by so many wonderful mentors at this startup journey. Mein. We really like to you know, push that forward um, and try to, so our soft skill training, we are part of that journey where we want to introduce a lot of things. We don't want to stick to just test prep. I think personally, if you ask me in the next eight years, 10 years, outdated uh, and really uh, just yesterday I was telling my cousin, he's, he's now in that phase um, where he's looking for, uh, you know, county university, job and I said, please engineer doctor, um, uh, you know, the future is coding. Uh, you don't need to go to go for a master's in engineering and Abhi, this is we're in 2022 and this is my advice to him and like they're still going you know there's a, a paradigm shift that's going to come where people will just stop pursuing these degrees master's degrees from ivy leagues and master's degrees from this that because pakistan really needs tech talent it's going to be a great uh, financial booster people are people can then work freelance um and this is what the future is and we're definitely working towards it we this is on our uh, roadmap inshallah that's awesome and, and best of luck with that because i think that that's what's needed um overall and i love your point on negotiating and, and the fact that it's very different negotiating with the state versus a manager <laughs> i remember it took me back to my own undergrad negotiating class where you know, you learned the theories and everything and the professor was really good, but he used to be a union negotiator, right? So he would make you part of the final project was not a paper or a strategy document. It was You had to negotiate with him and he would pretend to be a laundry owner or he would pretend yeah. to be a contractor or you pretend to be a sales associate at a Nordstrom. Yeah. And he would very good at sort of role playing. Um, and so it was a great experience because you got to apply those skills, right? And yeah. That level of, you know, bringing world-class instructors to that sort of platform like yours is awesome because all of a sudden the student is exposed to a lot more diverse, you know, skill sets um, through that yeah. learning experience that otherwise would not be possible. A um, yeah. couple of other questions that I had about Outclass itself. Um, how are you thinking about like multilingual training, right? Because Pakistan is a diverse country. A lot of these students in far-off places like Quetta may not you know, right now it's mm -hmm. OA levels, but over time, English may not be there sort of, or Urdu even would not be the language of learning for them at, at yeah. the onset. So how are you thinking about bridging that multilingual gap? Um, so there are, again, two parts to this uh, question uh, in my answer. The first is currently we've used Urdu and English. Um, we had to start somewhere. We didn't want to go English only. I, I've been a teacher and Pakistan is the one thing that I've, Seen happen is if you English, 20% of the lecture was only 80% uh, just they just don't follow. Um, so we've intentionally used a bilingual approach in our current uh, lessons. Uh, we teach them how to attempt a question, everything, all of that is in English because eventually we started with O levels and uh, A levels and SAT. So um focus on English. But moving on, very important point about uh, different languages. The way to go about that is we also want to introduce live classes because that again is something that over the past year we realized is a need of the market. And while that's not as scalable as a pre-recorded uh, ready to use product, 
but the beauty is once you're doing pre-recorded and you have content like visual content to aid your teaching then you can partner with local good teachers and get them to do live lessons using your platform and then that becomes scalable so that's what we want to do G. Um, once we have enough product um, and we have the content ready uh, we'll just we're just going to get the best teachers in those cities and maybe have you know, lessons, live lessons on our platform to address the market need as well, as well as the language um, preference. That's awesome. Um, and, and last question on, on the business side, and I want to then pivot to the broader startup ecosystem in the sure. country. Um, how are you thinking about sort of, you know, the, the, the approach in terms of where things are currently in EdTech in the country? and where they're headed to in the sense that, you know, obviously there's this, you know, policy disconnect, right? In the sense that mm -hmm. we will talk about digital Pakistan, but we tax internet access. We talk about digital Pakistan, but yeah. we tax devices and in a regressive manner, not even a progressive manner. Um, yeah. So that's on the policy side. And then secondly, your young company started in 2020. You started with some assumptions, obviously, in terms of what the market was like, what the experience would be like. What are things that have stood out to you in terms of, you know what, this is really amazing in terms of what we've learned and also perhaps our assumptions are a bit off. So, you know, it's mm -hmm. two questions, your policy one, and then two, like your own experience as outclass and what have you learned over the last couple of years or so? Uh, policy, I think the thing that uh, the issue at hand is that ed tech education broadly, but ed tech in particular is i think one of the most underrated um sectors in investment uh, in terms of priority in terms of just generally it's being overlooked um partly covid there was a i call it a band-aid solution covid schools had to scramble and come up with something and then you know zoom classes and it actually put people off at tech um teachers we like they were like Ye kya hai? And even parents so, so, sorry to interrupt yeah 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 no exactly um so there was a big there's a big disconnect between okay do we even want edtech does it really work i think it like most people think it's tough but the, what they've been exposed to isn't really edtech if you think about it but that's just one part of the problem i think the other is it's going to take a while G2, for people to understand and pick up that okay you know what maybe we really do need it maybe yes these young entrepreneurs because we're just one of many there are others who are doing amazing work um some are vc backed uh, some are organic organically growth uh, you know stories but people are doing now they're doing work in edtech it's going to pick up and that i think that's when there's going to be uh, a major shift in policy and everything is going to align and then it will become you know an overall a conducive environment for for investors and for people to keep working other those are me honestly conducive environment we probably were gonna pack up and go because we can't it's not a battle we can you know fight alone um all of these other entrepreneurs they're they're looking at the kind of support that you're talking about it's lacking yes but i think we choice me and eventually we're going to get there um the second part is G also uh, linked with my answer uh, about parents about there's a the one assumption that we had was that okay this is you know we we started with test prep um, it was the most monetized segment 
and we went in thinking that hi so we're, we're going to be one fourth the price um it'll be a no-brainer uh it's going to be quality content so what's not to like and it'll just uh, you know go off the charts and bahut maza aega, bahut log accept the thing is pakistan has a mind pakistanis have a mindset where they want to see feel um actually think that we you know okay this is the service that we're getting um Pali, videos say they're they're not maybe as satisfied or willing to pay uh, that's going to change because it has changed everywhere um and based on that learning we made our videos our lessons more interactive we added a layer of quizzes we added counselors we made it more you know engaging and that really helped uh but humne overestimate kiya tha, um market ki appetite ko, and we learned that very quickly but uh, this is something that everyone else is feeling in the industry in 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 edtech that maybe it's it's not you know they're not quite as ready to jump into edtech and this i i link it with my answer because this has to do with what the pandemic did pandemic people are looking for alternatives you're going to be a massive hit no because what happened was pandemic were people schools and teachers and everyone else all these tutoring places they started zoom lessons otherwise they would have gone out of business and that makeshift solution really sucked <laughs> you know people were like zoom connection to live lesson recordings available you know teacher kulfi wala teacher you know it was like a really bad qualitative quality wise really bad experience and that made people kind of wary about okay do we really need this but uh but some players that are really, you know, they're going to live doubt solving. Um, other people are doing great things like animated videos, all of that. It's going to have an impact. It's just going to be really, it's a slow cook, you know, go broth, time like it's not, I, I joke this with my co-founders, guys, this is not instant two minute Maggie noodle. It's going to take a while. So like we have to ensure the quality doesn't get compromised. We're just doing everything right. Market the appetite is going to like warm up uh, but yes and when it does that i think that also when the policies are going to uh, start shifting so it's going to be a paradigm shift both in terms of how the government is going to make it conducive and how the people of pakistan are going to want it more um that's my hope Gee, if it doesn't then we'll talk about some other business and start something yeah. else no, I think it's going to scale. I think the, the palette, so to speak, uh, of the market will shift. And I, I agree with you that the pandemic was sort of a double-edged sword in that sense because the experience was clunky. I remember my friends here in Washington and people I knew in Pakistan, like, you know, homework, and then you're sending it over WhatsApp. Yeah. And then the teacher's like, I can't read this. Can you send another picture? And it's like, it's a pain for the yeah, parents, yeah. right? Because it's not like that's the only, all of a sudden they're yeah. doing the hard work that otherwise would happen in the classroom, right? Yeah. Um, and that experience was not was not great at and, all. And from, the, and from the teacher's point of view, my mother is a food and nutrition teacher. She teaches all levels um, to, uh, she's a visiting faculty and problem she was like, camera off I don't know if I should continue teaching or you know delivering my lesson or if I should first make them somehow attentive cameras turn on because it's a 30 minute class after all um, so we, uh, both and they both problems the bachche cameras off karke so rahe aap teacher ko kya pata hai ki wo baitha hua attentive hai ki nahi hai so yes thoda sa tha ye issue but dusra by the way ek aur ek aur learning ye mujhe yaad aa gayi aapki baat question se sorry i'm adding it um there are 
two types of people in pakistan one are those children who uh, who are ideal for self paced learning they want to do things in their own place in their own time when we started we thought isse better aur kya ho sakta hai because you know i would love to have the option ki okay i can study at 11 in the night in my pajamas and have my own coffee and apne time pe pause and play turns out a, there's a big chunk of you know students who actually prefer going by a schedule they don't have the discipline it needs to okay khud baitho khud alarm lagao khud padho they're like okay i know meri 5 to 6 pm physics ki class hai agar main nahi gaya ya nahi gayi i'll lose you know i'll miss out so i i better go um and then you know so that was one thing that we learned through the journey ki aise nahi har cheez people aren't students don't prefer everybody doesn't prefer a self paced journey and in our own space in our own time uh wala concept so we're trying to cater to both students now we're, we're going to add that layer of live teaching and you know more schedule just to bring some discipline in i think that that's also key in the sense that the age that we live in right it's a digital first age which is great from an edtech perspective but is also not so great from an edtech perspective because there's so many distractions right like yes. turn off the camera or you can pause the class it, it takes and there's research even from the workplace right that interrupting somebody's work through meetings or calls or others leads to a decline in productivity now this is yes. for people out of college in the white collar workspace right now imagine a 16 17 18 year old kid having to deal with that and it's hard and yeah. and especially it's okay. hard because their instagram is popping up tiktok pe kisi ne kuch funny bhej diya something yeah. on whatsapp it's not going to yeah. lead to the optimal outcome that they're looking for as well um yeah. so that interactivity is needed um but look i think the business model is excellent i think there's a lot of potential in there and just from my own experience going through ona levels in pakistan and then seeing my cousins and others go through that it is a big market need right and i think mm-hmm. um the scaling opportunity is huge i wish policy makers were front running this rather than you yeah. know the industry running this but yeah. it is what it is uh, maybe we'll get there sooner rather than later i want to switch to the startup ecosystem in pakistan and sort of get your thoughts on this um obviously you left a career in sort of a stable sort of corporate pakistan life right and now you're an entrepreneur pakistan's entrepreneurial ecosystem has exploded um there's a long way to go but it's good to see it explode um in the right ways um where do you see this going particularly from the aspect of women and entrepreneurship right and because as you said you, you come from a privileged background you had the level of support but when we look at the broader market data um a lot mm-hmm. of women even with tertiary education decide not to be part of the labor force forget about being entrepreneurs so what are some of the yeah. things that you're seeing that excite you and what are some of the things that you would like to see change because they don't excite you so much in the startup ecosystem uh i'll answer that in in a couple of ways the first is as a woman entrepreneur it's it's let's get let's get to that uh, later but as an entrepreneur um i think ek to ji there's this vc journey that starting that's a different beast altogether you're seeing vc money being flooded pakistan being flooded by vc money and and i think that's a good sign but it's also like you said double edged sword wali cheez it comes here as well because it comes with a lot of expectation setting and you know the future mein ab kya hoga because these bigger vc funds um you know companies bo gayi hain fund now people are actually waiting and saying okay will this actually you know be a good was this a good bet how will this turn out and that will determine future funding 
So for example, if Airlift or if um, Craze Mart or if Truckitain or all these bigger companies, uh, uh, mashallah, they're getting really good traction and they got that they got good funds and uh, EdTech may be Abwab, hai, uh, Maqsad, hai, Noon, hai, all of these bigger companies, it, the next two or three years are going to be critical to see VC funding and like how did that pan out? Because ed tech is going to be very different, e-commerce is very different, fintech is very different. Um, so I think it's going to be tricky. Um, the ones who entered last year was a good time to enter because they were the ones who then got the funding. The next ones are going to have a bit of trouble because investors are now going to want to see, okay, what did the first batch do? Um, do they even, you know, are, are they worth Series B, Series C, or is Pakistan really not that great a market even today? Um, so that's a challenge for future entrepreneurs. By future, I mean the next two or three years. For women, it's difficult, I, I am not going to uh, mince my words because two women and investment, two, two things that don't go hand in hand. Um, there's this perception that, okay, it's difficult for women. Investors ask different questions from women founders. The same questions are worded differently from male founders. I usually don't like to play the gender card or don't talk about these because I think you know, I don't want to get into that get a comparison um, and just, you know, just keep doing what we're doing. But yes, it is there. Um, and that that's difficult. And then a root cause problem here. Again, presentation skills, how are you pitching your idea? How are you even because it goes to grassroots level, journey, what education did you get? What were you even trained? Okay, okay, when you face investors, how are you going to talk? Men do get that training, men socialize. There, there is an ecosystem for men entrepreneurs. They get to talk or smoke breaks people discuss and women, they're starting out, they're they're having you know, office space maybe ratio is come with 20 to 80 in a good company. It's very um, So entrepreneurship may have thought it's come away. So yes, it's you really need to, but you really need to, I don't know how to word it, but so VC funding is not just the only type of entrepreneurship. I think we can help women in other sectors. Um, smaller businesses, it's not VC funding but yes, we really need to do work on how to pitch in front of a, in front of an investor. The government needs to come up with, you know, grants or, or special funds just for female invest and uh, female entrepreneurs, just to, you know, give them the funding that they need. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry, I'm distracted because mind and then I, you know, lost track of my own train of thought, but, um, yeah, that's well, that's well, this podcast is all about not mincing words and, and being, <laughs> you know, cutthroat and honest yeah. about, and it is a problem. I mean, look, one of the encouraging things I mentioned by Jews at the top, another encouraging thing, I don't yeah. know if you've seen the show was Shark Tank India that just aired. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a big hit over there. It's It's everywhere, right? Yeah. (laughs) And and it was great in the sense that A, the organizers of the show made a very, uh, you know, protracted effort to feature women entrepreneurs from all sorts of walks of life, right? Koi snacks banara, koi sari banara, koi fashion mehe, koi entrepreneur. And it was great to see that. And perhaps we need something similar in Pakistan. 
because there is a shift, right? I see this in sort of my generation versus the younger generation that whereas somebody like me coming out of undergrad would have been like, you know, Anglo Mijana, yeah, Standard Chartered, yeah, yeah. MCB, or get up. Yeah. The new generation is like, I want to do my own thing. I want to hustle, right? And I want to have three yeah. or four hustles on the side on top of my first hustle. And that's entrepreneurship. And I think we need to celebrate that and, you know, mainstream it and encourage people so that everybody from Karachi to Gujarawala yeah. to Sipi to Swat wants to be part of this movement because that's the way to grow yeah. the economy. Um, so hopefully we get there. I think we're getting there. And to your to your other point around, you know, the next round of funding and does the market grow and meet its potential? I think you're on point, right? And I would take it one step further is that ultimately if you're valuing a company uh, and I don't want to make name names, but let's say it's airlift, right? The ultimate goal has to be exit, which is IPO. And to get there, it's yeah. a long way, but you have yeah. to grow exponentially um, and if that doesn't happen or a major Kareem like buyout doesn't happen, then the entire ecosystem sort of suffers, right? Because yeah. it sort of puts a question mark. So you're on point, I think on that. And that then connects to the broader economy, which is if the middle class is thriving and growing and the economy is doing well, then average revenues per user grow, the spending amounts grow, yeah. the, the investment grows, savings grow, all of that is connected, which is beyond the startup ecosystem sort of domain. Yeah but it links yes. and i think people need to understand um that that importance as well um on absolutely. that absolutely on that note uh, i'd like to add that there's a very very common na ki aap india se compare karte hain ki dekhiye ji india mein byju's and india mein um vedantu and so many other yeah india ki middle class is huge um you know they that, and that aap exactly what you're saying that the middle class i think is what can actually make a startup uh, you know make it or break it kyunki aapke sare buyers hi wo hain they they know just enough tech to be able to use an app and they have just enough money to be able to spend a few hundreds or a few thousands for a subscription per month abo zareeb aadmi ke paas to na ye tech hai bhi aur na uske paas ye appetite hai wo to you know basic necessities ki taraf dekh raha hai na and your your elite class for lack of a better word or sec a a plus they already have uh, enough and they're very small so usse aapka startup numbers milte nahi hai so the exactly what you said your middle class has to be big big enough and uh, it has to be growing uh, for all of these players to you know make sense otherwise it doesn't make any sense wo wo baat aa jayegi phir end pe hum grants wale model pe hi baithe honge ki acha ji phir you know <laughs> us aid se kuch grant aa jaye kuch wahan se aa jaye but uh, financially stable model agar aapne banana hai sustainable business banana i think you need to have a growing middle class appetite for that product that's going to be key and that's yeah, what we're struggling I, with with edtech also no fully agree i think that's a it's a broader theme on this podcast as well is like what are the reforms needed to get to that but that's a topic for a separate yeah. conversation um i i'm mindful of time so a couple of last questions i have for you um we've mm-hmm. touched upon sort of where things are and you know negotiating and presentation and things like that from yeah. your perspective being in this ecosystem now um and the shift that we're seeing from the younger generation wanting to be entrepreneurs what advice do you have for them in terms of either them wanting to have their own startup or mean mm-hmm. for startup like outclass or something that's hyper growth that aligns with their mission and purpose in life or what they perceive that to be and how does mm-hmm. somebody excel in this ecosystem coming who's 20 years old 21 years old like what what would you tell them to do and not to do good question um 
I think first, if, and I'll base this on my own experience, um, not based on age or anything, just just based on okay, you're now you're in you're a startup entrepreneur. What should you expect? The the first would be um, get your hands dirty. Like you can't don't don't underestimate the grind. Don't think that you just see him. First of all, you put your LinkedIn CEO title, which is uh, you know it's fun because you didn't think about it. It's very different from a CEO in the corporate world and a CEO in the startup world. Here, expect to be doing everything from you know paperwork to actual you know on-ground negotiate negotiate kar rahe hain aap, um, from execution to strategy to talking to investors. All of this you have to do. Alone, like as the CEO, so there, it's not really a glamorous job. The first, that's the first one. Um, so our work-life balance, थोड़े सालों के लिए भूल जाएं. The second advice would be to now you're in the grind and you have you have a company, you have a dream, you have to build it. I don't think like you should allow yourself a day or two to be bummed, uh, bummed out about things because there will be days that things won't go your way. आपको इन्वेस्टर्स सबसे ज्यादा आपको इतनी रिजेक्शन मिलेगी कि आप प्रॉब्ली सोचेंगे मैं जिंदा क्यों बट यू नो गिव योर सेल्फ अ डे और टू बट नो लॉन्गर देन दैट बिकॉज द थिंग इज वंस यूर कैप्टन ऑफ द शिप इफ यूर डाउन द क्रू इज डाउन सो योर टीम विल फीड ऑफ योर एनर्जी एंड एंड दैट्स अ बिग रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी एंड इट टेक्स इट टेक्स अ लॉट टू स्टे पॉजिटिव बट इट विल बी वर्थ इट आई एम होपिंग इट विल बी वर्थ इट फॉर मी एज आई एम स्टिल इन माई फर्स्ट ईयर बट but it really makes a difference and you have to keep that energy um and i think the third would be to anyone regardless of age would be to get out of your comfort zone like lose the inhibitions and learn how to sell um you'll be selling yourself your vision your product your startup to everyone mary ji one of the biggest uh, weaknesses has been rejection like i i just can't stand taking rejection it's been a I'm being super vulnerable while sharing this on a podcast, but all my life I felt that any but rejection now, but it's all finished. You know, once you know you're the face of a company and a startup and convincing people, and then 90% of them would say, "Acha, chalo, okay, good luck." And you know, that's one form of rejection, and you have to really get over yourself and be like, "Okay, what's the worst that could happen?" And then move on. And if you're too comfortable, you're probably doing something wrong. You have to be a little nervous. I was nervous about this podcast, and then I thought, "Achha, iska matlab hai, ye theek hai. I have to do this, and I have to be up for, you know, the questions because uh, he'll challenge me." And abhi tak that that was the right decision. Let's see. No, I mean, no, that's great advice, and and your point around doing things and getting uncomfortable and getting into the grind reminded me this morning. I was looking at uh, Kalsum Lakhani's tweets, and she's talking about Bill Gates's visit and how he should have met. you know in my view the majority of the population which is the youth of this country and it's a shame he didn't get to do that and i was telling her that you know my most like one of the most sort of memorable moments out of undergrad was when the southwest founder came to bentley and he talked about this exactly what you saying he said you know when he was at southwest they wanted to increase the or decrease the turnaround time for their planes and he was like i learned more about how to shorten that time by spending a day with baggage loaders yeah outside the plane then sitting in board meetings and presentations from my operating yeah, officers right and he yeah, was like yeah. that was phenomenal because i understood what their pain points were and they had ideas on how to improve this and when we implemented it we became phenomenally profitable because it just changed yeah. the the way the plane turned around 
And yep. you know that's exactly your point. Is is if you're not if you're not on the ground viewing, observing, asking the questions from the people who are closest to the action, you're doing something wrong because you know yeah. you're not going to innovate that way. Comfortable offices in the bed can start up tell with me. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think that's a quotable moment from the from the podcast <laughs> itself. Um, look, this has been great. I'm excited about Outclass and where it's headed, and wish you all the best. Thank Before I you. let you go, um, I want to just ask you what are a couple of books that you would recommend to people. It doesn't have to be about entrepreneurship. It can just be things that mm-hmm. have been memorable to you, and you would recommend others pick up and read. Yeah, no, I, uh, there are a few, and I asked my co-founder as well, okay, you know, if, uh, like, what, what, what books do you guys recommend? Um, the first one is, uh, is Change Your Questions, Change Your Life, and this one is recommended by Ali, uh, who, who's a co-founder, and he swears by it, and he thinks, I've read it, uh, it's very good, it, it's basically about, it's a leadership book to help you understand how to understand perspective from other people's positions. Um, how to think about problems in different ways and how not to have a single view on anything and by asking the right questions. So that's one. Uh, the, something that I would recommend to anyone, regardless of entrepreneurship, like you said, is, is actually a TED Talk. And I'm sure I, maybe you, you, it's very popular. Maybe you have to It's by Amy Cuddy called Fake It Till You Make It. And um, it's really powerful. She talks about her, you know, how her, she's, a, she's now, I think she's a professor at Yale, uh, but she talks about her own journey and how, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's basically we, we grow up with this notion about how, you know, your, um, the power that your mind has over your body. But this talk talks about how your body has the power over your mind, uh, which basically means by changing your, physical movement, physical postures and gestures and, you know, how you sit, how you walk, how you stand, power poses, how that alters the way you think. Uh, so it has a direct connection with your mind and how you start thinking. It, I think it's great, especially for women. Um, everybody should watch it. Um, and then the third one is a, is a book called um, Happiness is a Choice You Make. Um, it's basically about, an, it's written by an investigative uh, journalist. He explores um, these 90-year-olds and their lives living in New York and talks to them about you know, their, what their priorities were, how they view, what their life lessons are on happiness. And it talks about how, what our priorities should be today based on you know, life lessons already lived by these folks. So I think that's a really good one, also recommended by Ali to me and now to you. Um, so I, I, hope, I hope that this helps. No, that's awesome. Amy's TED Talk, I agree, is a must-watch. And I'm going to yes. buy the the Happiness is a Choice uh, book because it's also weird in the age that we live in with innovation, science, etc. We sort of become ageist in the sense that we've forgotten the lifelong lessons that our parents, our grandparents, and their parents had, um, which, you know, historically have been passed down by word of mouth and they're like wisdoms of a culture, etc. Yeah. But we've, you know, as we become more digital... We sort of ignored that. And I think there's something something missing in terms of we ignore that, right? Because yeah. there's a reason why these things were passed down through generations. We need to sort of yeah. reconnect with that. So and 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 where it, 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 it hasn't helped. Okay, there's this you know the rat race that our generation was subjected to or has been a part of. <clears throat> excuse me. It, it's actually very important to you know just 
stop and smell the roses man why why are we constantly running i maybe i mean 9 out of 10 friends of mine aren't really happy with their corporate lives or their routines and then you know at the end of the day it's on your deathbed if someone asks you okay what did you really live for which is what this guy has done in his book he's asked these 90 year old um you know what made you actually happy what were those things so that you know you can learn from them i don't know what will what will our generation really say that okay yeah i, I managed to present to a bunch of people in a boardroom or i i delivered or on a zoom or a zoom session or a zoom or i i you know delivered on my all on on my kpis and you know i i hit a 30% above my <laughs> target or like what what is it really that we're running towards and why can't we stop and enjoy other things and value other things and what is it what do we need to actually be happy why aren't we happy um all of my you know mba friends i uh, i don't know how happy people are in their corporate careers and or or in their everyday life because we we just tend to forget the things that matter and i think everybody should stop and 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 reconsider um yeah I think the se- the second quote from this podcast is stop and smell the roses um I yeah. think that's an important <laughs> life lesson too I, I'll just before I let you go I'll share my own experience my parents are in town and so we put out a bird feeder um and you know every morning now I go and put out some bird food and every time I want to take a break from my screen I sort of go and observe are the birds there and it's fascinating watching them because there's an alpha bird that will get into the feeder and then you know the others will stand beside it but then the alpha bird as it eats put some food down on the floor so the others eat and then every afternoon a squirrel comes and a squirrel has found one of the squirrels has found a way to jump onto the bird feeder and it's just fascinating watching it sort of figure that out in terms of the the jump it has to make and pull it off yeah. every time but it's fascinating right it's not it's it's stuff that these random animals are doing outside my door and i watch them and i'm like wait a minute there's there's some intelligence here yeah. in terms of how they're operating and maybe there's something you know that that it just makes your day when you watch them so yeah. smelling the roses watching birds observing plants like i think those are very important things especially yeah. for many of us who are stuck to our our screens so thank you yeah. for that advice and thank you for your time um this has been wonderful we'll hopefully have you on again as as our class scales up but best of luck for for your journey i think it's a big big sector you're trying to disrupt and and sort of the opportunity you're creating is going to have a long tail impact on the country so kudos to you and your team and you. and have a good rest of the day thank you thank you for having me and uh, like let's connect soon hopefully yeah. Hopefully yeah. this won't be a disappointment and I'll have something to show for in the, in, the, in yeah. a few months. I'll see you in Lahore soon. <laughs> yes, inshallah.